I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hi, Maddie. Hello, Nicholas. <laughs> wow, you just got loud. Yeah, sorry, Welcome to yeah. What the Fuck is Happening podcast. Really yes, thank you for having me. Now, you told me to do this before we started, so... Oh my god, get fucked. Why am I sitting so awkwardly now? How was I sitting before? That was so comfortable. What's... Are you a lizard human who doesn't actually know <laughs> I how to am be a person? It's giving, Mark Zuckerberg. <laughs> I was going to say, it's giving Elon, it's giving Zuckerberg, it's yeah. giving cage match. <laughs> I was going to say, so are we going to bring up the cage match then? <laughs> Look, the world this week has gone to shit. Like, it's genuinely... I feel like we probably should have talked about how we're going to approach this before we started recording. Nah. Because this week has been wild. You've been wild. That's true. I have been wilding about this week. Go off. <laughs> um, okay. I don't know if we should review the movie. Not even review. Just quickly chat about the movie we just saw now. Right. Or if we should do it later. What's your vibe? I mean, I'm not going to lie. I don't really feel like I have a lot to say about it. Go off. Oh, wait. No, I have something else to do first. Okay. Um, Entertain the audience. <laughs> well, we probably should do that. <laughs> no, you do. You entertain the audience. Oh, this was... Oh, right. Sorry. I thought that's what you wanted to do next. I didn't realize. Okay. All right. Um, howdy. What's going on? Oh, my God. What the fuck is this? Happy International Burger Day. Three weeks late. <laughs> You're so funny. Wow. It's giving silo. Silo. Oh, silo. Pez. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Wow. So Maddie's favorite thing in the world is burgers, specifically from Grilled, the yeah, Australian so chain true. restaurant. Yeah. Shocking that it's only Australian. It should be a worldwide okay, conglomerate. <laughs> Not you. Me, who earlier in the day didn't want to go to Starbucks because I'd rather give my money to a local business. Maddie, shilling out for a conglomerate known as Grilled. Actively wanting them to be bigger and more dominant. Capitalism. I am a little capitalist bitch. For context for listeners, I got Maddie a burger Pez dispenser. Yes. Yes, it's very cute. Bless. I'm Honestly, I'm trying to figure out whether or not I should... Open it now. Go off. Candy made in the USA. Wow. What? Intriguing. I didn't realize they made anything in the USA anymore. No, no, they do. They make conspiracy theorists. So true. Insurrectionists. Poor decisions. Such (laughs) things as those. Yeah. Um, Thank you. You're welcome. How are you? Oh my God. So much better now that I have a little burger pez. Good. How's your week been? (laughs) Oh, yeah. You know, lots of things happening in the world. Good chat. Yeah, yeah. What okay, about you? How was your up. week? Yeah, let's. Um, thank you very much for listening. I don't know. My week, my week's been <clears throat> fine. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> good chat. Yeah. <laughs> you know, existing. Yeah, floating in the ether. It's like, what else can you do? 
Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I do. I mean, definitely the whole world for like four uh, days stopped. Yeah. We've, yeah. You know? I, yeah. So. <laughs> for reference, if you're listening to no, this no, no. in the future. It's the week of 26th of January, 2023. Yes. No, wait. The week before that. It's a Monday. Yeah. 25th. Mm. Let's start with your what the January. Fuck of the week. I think you mean June. I did mean June. Just what, what, what's your what's your what the fuck of the week? Well, I did have one, but are we doing? Is this our long discussion one? Is this? Are we going back to the to the to the new format? Yes, we're doing our new format where you've got to pick a topic. Okay. All right. Okay. I do have a topic, and it's that. Context is needed for everyone who isn't Nicholas. Just say it. <laughs> I'm writing a book. Ah. Yeah, I know. Shocking. And I finished my first draft mm-hmm. a week and a half-ish ago. It's true. We celebrated by... Going to Grilled! <laughs> and me and Chelsea drinking and Maddie not drinking. Yeah. I'd, and then he tried to force me into having a different burger, which I vehemently rejected and had the same burger as I always do. Yeah, she's not good at change. No, I'm not. Anyway. Still not as bad as me, but we'll continue. You finish your book. It's very exciting. Yeah. And so then my what the fuck this week is that I have now in the editing process, specifically, I'm actually trying to write the second draft because I knew that there would have to be some work done specifically because I was like, oh, I changed a a kind of a backstory about halfway through. And so Mm -hmm. I knew I needed to go back for the first half and change it the first half to align, blah, blah, blah. Anyway. And so my what the fuck is really just kind of about how crazy that whole process of doing a second draft and going, because I haven't read any of it, right? Mm. I just wrote it all. And when I was, when I like would stop for the day and then start the next day, I'd read like a few paragraphs that I'd written just to make sure I knew where I was up to and get the flow back. Sure. But I hadn't actually read back over the book basically at all. Uh, Yeah. As a whole, right? Yeah. Um, and so sitting down and now I'm honestly only about six chapters in because it's been a fucking slog to read back over it because for the first three chapters, I was like, this is the worst thing I've ever written in my life. I know. I know. It was actually, it was a wild and I got really freaked out because I was like, I'm, this is going to take a lot of time now to rewrite this whole thing. But then it's been fine because as I've eased into it, I've been able to tell I, like, I can tell that where I'm up to now, I had much more of a grasp on the plot and the book and what mm-hmm. was going on. So while I do need to rewrite a little bit from the beginning, I don't think overall it's the worst thing I've ever written. There's just some Yeah, I think you're being <laughs> melodramatic because it's mm-hmm. not melodramatic, self-conscious. I don't, I mean, I'm definitely being harsh because I want it to be really good, particularly for my debut, but like, absolutely there were a couple of chapters there where I was like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> what was I thinking when I, like, you can just tell that it's like, I mean, it also makes sense in and bad pacing. I don't know. It makes sense that the opening chapters would be the roughest considering. Yes. You're getting the hang of it. You're getting an idea it's of very it. True. You know, all that. It's really true. So I feel like chill. I mean, I'm not like, I'm definitely still pushing through. Like, I'm not, like, giving up and being like, I can't publish this or anything. Mm -hmm. But definitely, 
I think because my experience in the past has been writing fic and usually when I get to patches in the fic where I'm like, oh, I don't really know about this. I'm also like, I'm not going to bother to rewrite it though because <laughs> this is for free. I don't mm. have time to re like go over something so yeah. intensely. Whereas now I'm like, ugh, effort has to be made to fix this. Where How are you doing it? Are you just reading through and taking like very specific notes? That's what I'm doing at the moment um, because I, I hadn't read it all. Yeah, because so, then by the time you get to like the the very intricate stories and stuff, you can then refer back to the. Yeah, right. yeah, that's that's basically my plan. Um, and I already actually have solved how I'm going to fix because the problem was specifically it was with the pacing. Right. It was just that was it was just a weird kind of tangent that happened early on that I was like, this actually I can shorten these scenes and put like something started, else in there. Did it start in an awkward spot? No, that actually the prologue is quite long and it's fine. It was like chapters one, two and three where I think that I didn't, I, I think at that point I was still thinking I was writing a romance book. Whereas mm-hmm. the more I've written, the more I've realized that it's, it's not just a romance book. Mm-hmm. Um, and so now I'm like, okay, this was really forced because I was trying to get the pacing for the romance, right. Mm-hmm. Instead of thinking of it as being like, I actually need to think of like the bigger plot yeah. that's going on here. So that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. It's and honestly, it's not actually going to be that difficult to fix now that I've realised it's not the whole book that I need to rewrite. So, explain. <laughs> yeah, that's exciting. Yeah, it is exciting. I yeah. mean, stressful but exciting. Yeah, yeah. It's been it's been wild. You're planning on making this a series, right? Like you've already yeah. started, quote unquote, started the sequel. Yes. Yeah. Are you? Do you have, like, a long-term plan for the series, for, like, the narrative, the overarching narrative? Yeah. Uh, overarching? Overarching. Yeah, no, I already know how the whole series ends. Okay, so, so then my question is, are you going and planting seeds in yes. the earlier books? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yes, definitely. Because, I mean, when I think... Uh, this was actually... Oh, my God, I could talk about this for a really long time, so I'll try and, like... I'm just curious, curious <laughs> because you could, but you also... There's, like, no... You know, it's one of those things, like, planting yeah. seeds in early books of, of a series. It's not necessary, but no. it's appreciated. Does well, that make sense? Yeah, no, it does. I think it's not necessarily... I think what I'm trying... what I think it's less about planting seeds about, like, how the plot is going to end and more trying to plant the seeds of how the theme is going to end, if yeah. that makes sense. So, I mean, obviously it is the plot, but it's kind of like, okay, if I... Spoiler. No. No spoiler. No spoiler. <laughs> the, the end is going to... It's going to end... The world... The political world is going to be completely different and almost completely deconstructed at the end of the book. Sure. Compared to how it was at the beginning. Which means that I've kind of had to be like, okay, that means that the three different layers of it need to align. I can't make someone look really good by doing good politics or whatever, mm-hmm. if at the end what I actually want is for the politics to be, like, something different. fixed something, right. or something different. Sure. Yeah, so yeah, it's, no, it's like kind of that yeah. stuff, if that makes sense. Yeah. I feel like people don't kind of realise that writing long form is such a mind fuck. Yeah. Like, it's... even me, I don't fully grasp it either, but I'm just, like, speak like, that kind of thing. It's like, I ha- you have to be able to... Let the audience know, yeah, specifically in this situation, what's wrong, and so on, yeah, so that by the end it's not like you know a random, completely unrelated plot twist, 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, I'm trying to say that it's... No, no, I do know what you mean. I do know, and I mean, it's difficult Thinking, to explain without being able like, to tell if you, you that... If you laid out, like, a long-form narrative... Yeah. ...into, like, a measuring tape... Yeah. ...trying to, like, picture it all as one single-direction flowing narrative... Yes. ...while also viewing it as a whole, like, 4D, like... Yeah. As, like, a sphere instead of a circle kind of thing. Does that make sense? No, it really does. And it's definitely... You have to have, like, galaxy brain. <laughs> There's, I mean, I've Spe- got a lot especially, of notes. Especially for a novel like you've written, which, I, based on what I know about it, it's, like, a lot of political intrigue and... Yeah, uh, kind I think... Of... I mean, I think the thing that was kind of lucky for me is that I almost think of, even though they're separate books, for me, I go, this is one... It's one story, you know? Like... Mm-hmm. They're not even, it's not necessarily different things that are happening each book. It's not a story that follows on from the first one. This is one single story that I'm telling. It just happens to be over three books, sure. you know? Um, so I think have like knowing that and then knowing how it begins, how it ends, everything that happens in the middle has made it much easier for me to figure out how to manage all of the I like I think that if I think that if I just started with this book and then later on someone had been like oh do you want to write a sequel I would have like really struggled with trying to figure out mm-hmm. how to do that yeah whereas yes because this is like a full planned out story yeah is that because you had more that you wanted to explore that didn't kind of fit either narratively or just like um character-wise in one book? Yeah, it was it was honestly it was because I was like this it, the story's just too big to be told in one book. Yeah. Um the romance is too big to be told in one book. The characterizations and the complexity of like what they're going through and how I want them to start and end is just too big to fit in 100,000 words. Yeah. So that's why I was like, oh, well, I don't have to. <laughs> I can spread it out." Mm. So, yeah. Interesting. Particularly because there is like, there's three kind of levels of politics going on and there's, like, two different wars happening simultaneously. So it's, like, mm-hmm. it's like a lot. Yeah. Even just plot-wise. So, yeah. Anyway. Interesting. Yeah. It's exciting. I don't know how much I can ask, like, <laughs> publicly. <laughs> Is it all from one character's perspective? No, it's two. It's it's uh, the, from the main male lead and the main female lead. Slay? Yeah. Yep. It, you, I don't know if you want this out there, but I've already know you told me that there's only one sex scene. Yeah. When you told me this, I was shook. Well, I mean, okay. Mostly because when you were early on in the like yeah. um, planning process, you were pretty, pretty uh, set on it being romancy. Yeah. Well, I think. And it still is. It's no, just it slow definitely. Burning, right? Yeah, it's it's. It, I think the more that I wrote it, because this is not a secret, because we find out in the prologue. So, um, the main female character is Francesca, and then the main female lead is Poseidon, who's the god of deep sea. The seas. main female lead is sorry, Poseidon. the main male lead. Sorry, come on, gender. Names. I know, God. <laughs> um. And so what, so the big issue that I found in the chapter one, two, and three was I was like, it does not make sense for them to be seeing each other right now. Like narratively, how I set it up and like the forbidden aspect of it 
why would they be seeing each other again so early, you mm-hmm. know? And so because of that, I was like, I think I need to push it all back. Like I want this to, be, I, I want the connection between them to be really deep and meaningful before it gets to the romance. So because of that, I was like, it needs to, it just needs to be spread out. Yeah. yeah. And I think kind of an interesting thing about romance in media mm. is that in books you have so much more space to tell that story but specifically to develop that relationship and make it really really uh you know specific and personal and all that stuff yeah in a way that like in movies and stuff you can't really do no definitely not you can in tv shows i think but in movies it's it's very difficult yeah and you you, you don't really I can't think of a single movie that has a slow burn romance that actually is good. That's really fair. That's really fair. Like, genuinely not one. And when I say slow burn, I just mean they get together in the third act or the final yeah. few scenes, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like, I, I... There's just not enough there to develop. No, there's not enough time, yeah. And half the time when TV shows do slow burn relationships, it's by accident. That's so true. That's so true. It has been very interesting kind of going into it knowing in advance yeah, yeah and in books know. you get it's really kind of the only media where you can make the reader like the audience kind of be like in on that kind of personal connection yeah no no for sure because you get like the internal yeah monologue right which you obviously can't get in any other mm. yeah form um yeah yeah it has been interesting. Thoroughly enjoyable. You don't really specifically like slow burn to read yourself, do you? I actually do, but I don't like it if it's like 300,000 words and then they get together in the last chapter. Right. It's like, that's too much for me. I, but I will like a slow burn if it's like 300,000 words and they get together at the 200,000 word sure. point, because then it's, at least I'm still getting some payoff yeah. for all of the suffering, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> which is what this is going to be. Spoiler. So like... It's going to be a slow burn, but it's not going to be, like, in the last page of the third book that they get together. Yes. I follow. Yeah. That's, like, the series there. Captive Prince. Yeah. Prince's Gambit, King's Rising. It's a similar kind of slow burn-y. Yeah. Yeah. And they get together or kind of start getting together in the second book. Yes. Yeah. And then by the third book, it's Slay. The House Down Boots Mama. Fair. You know? That's, That's pretty much going to be the vibe. Yeah. I've got a question. Okay. <laughs> about the, the world building. Yes, go for it. <clears throat> Are we talking like ancient Greek lubricant being like oils? <laughs> no, it's actually said in modern times. So, <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. I heard Poseidon and immediately assumed it was ancient That's really fair. And the other thing is that is um, like Francesca, she, the island that she, it's a fictional island that I've made up off the coast of Greece but they're still a monarchy. So it definitely gives old vibes, but it's not. It's, in it's giving um, Princess Mia Thermopolis of Genova. That was literally, I was like... Genova, Genovia. Geno- I can't remember. Genova, I think it's Genova. I literally, I, the, before I started writing this, I was like, what am I going to do here? Because I don't want to use an established <laughs> monarchy because mm-hmm. I'm going to make a thorough indictment of monarchies in general. Sure. So I don't, and I don't want to use any real people, obviously, and I don't want to replace any real existing families or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, well, wait a second. If Marvel can make up random fake countries and cities, why the fuck can't I? So that was, yeah, that's why I did that. 
Yeah. Marvel Princess Diary is not part of the MCU. No, I know, I know, <laughs> I know. But if you think of like Wakanda and like sure. the they did that random city for um, Winter Soldier, uh-huh. Falcon Winter Soldier. Uh huh. So that was yeah. Interesting. Well, clearly the points coming across. If I could guess, Mia Thermopolis of that's Genovia. True. Yeah, that's really true. Genova. Fuck. Genovia. <laughs> oh, that's gonna annoy me so bad. Should we Google it? I think it's Genovia. <sighs> okay, let's find <laughs> Princess Diaries. It's Genovia. Love that. Slay. Slay. Interesting. Yeah. It's a vibe. How many words do you say it is? Mm, currently, it is about 92,000, but it will end up being about 100,000, I think. I feel like that's the perfect length. I agree personally i think so too like i mean it's it probably sounds like a lot to anybody who doesn't read like fan fiction i mean but it's really quite standard for basically any genre it's didn't we establish it's more than standard well no it is industry standard but i know that like the fault now stars which we were talking about the other day is only like sixty-five thousand, which is yes it's technically below industry standard and honestly, kind of impressive that he was able to tell such a fleshed out story in that amount of words. <laughs> True. Um, okay, wait. Um, the Deathly Hallows. I think that's about 180. Yeah. Yeah. But that's like thick, thick. Yeah, it's quite, it's quite, it's thick. The um, Order of the Phoenix, which is the biggest one, that's 250, is my understanding. And Philosopher's Stone is like, I thought, 70 or 80. Interesting. Yeah. That's got me wondering what the, like, Heroes of Olympus are versus Percy Jackson. Well, see, the thing is, though, that the Heroes of Olympus um, text is much larger. Mm. It's printed bigger. So I would probably hazard a guess and say they're actually quite similar lengths. They just seem bigger. Interesting. Yeah. Maybe maybe more, but not much, I wouldn't be thinking. Hmm. What were your inspirations? Oh, we, we, we don't want to move on to you? I mean, we do, but I want to know what, like, media, like, movies, shows, not inspirations, but, like, for the vibes. For the vibes. Uh, okay, well, definitely the political stuff, Game of thrones Mm-hmm. A lot of, like, the mythology stuff, I feel like definitely so heavily inspired by Percy Jackson. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like a, kind of like that. I if guess. it's set in modern times, it is still politics. It's a, mm. Would you... I mean, you've not watched a lot of things, so I can't <laughs> really say. If you would, like, say, like, succession-y, politics-y, where it's, like, lots of conniving people. Yeah, definitely. So, I mean, again... It's and, like, cutthroat. Yeah, yeah. And this is not necessarily a spoiler because, again, it's established very early in the first book. But um, so Francesca is like she's a political prisoner in the royal palace and is being forced to marry the prince because, like, she as... You don't need to explain. Well, she has a lot of power, basically. Okay. So that's why that's kind of happening. Um, And so then it's kind of like very much the queen and the king 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Kind of like trying, kind of trying to hold on to power. Really, mm-hmm. is what it is. Yeah, I suppose. Is there like a sense of desperation, or is it more? Well, not necessarily. That's kind of more backstory is what it was. And then by the time the book starts, it's much more like they've already they've already kind of done the terrible things to get like more mm. stabilized, you mm-hmm. know. But Francesca has been a prisoner for two years when the book starts. So it's kind of about her trying to like get out, really. Interesting. Yeah. We don't have to leave this in, but do you have... <laughs> Like, an idea of the title? I actually think it's going to be called um, By the Light of the Sea. I think. Slay. Yeah, I think. It's nice and dramatic. Yeah, I know, right? (laughs) Do you have, like, a series title? No, I don't. Like, uh, you know, A Game of Thrones or A Song of of Ice and Fire and all that stuff? No, I don't. I really don't. Um, Yeah, no, I don't. Honestly, getting to that point with that title was, like... Difficult. I'm so bad with titles, personally. So, yeah. Fair. Yeah. Fair. Mm. Slay. Slay. Anyway, I could talk about this for like three hours, so probably That's we should move on to so, you. The thing, <laughs> the thing is, I just like having conversations and like listening to people talk about things they're passionate about. That's fair. It literally doesn't really matter to me what, what the it topic is. is. Unless yeah. it's like car parts or something. That's fair. But even then, I'd probably still be that. interested. Yeah. But like, they can tell me like literally a three hour spiel about a book series I've never read. Yeah. And I'll be down for that. That's so fair. That's so fair. I have a friend, and oh, I won't name any names, Why not? but it's not you. <laughs> I do mean that genuinely. It's not you. What other friends do you have? I have like three other friends, okay? Wow. So I know it's like I can count them all on one hand. That's a lot. Um <laughs> No, and she had a partner and I remember her saying to me really early on, she's like, Oh, he has this really specific interest in this really nerdy thing. She mm-hmm. was like, and it just fucking bores me to tears every time he talks about it, even though he loves it and is so excited about it. I just can't stand listening to it. And I'm like, mm. That's a red flag. Yeah. Personally, can't know. relate to that. No, me either. Me either. But like, I... I mean, you know, whatever. Yeah. I feel like that's only a red flag if they like let it continue, because if you continue to be bored by the person you're with, you're gonna start to resent them, right? And then once you re- once you start resenting them, there's not really any. Yeah, and any then way it, to go it, back. I, I feel like it comes become. Yeah, I don't know. Does that make sense? Weird. I know. I do. It does make sense. Yeah. Sorry to like roast your friend. No. I... Who's not me? <laughs> Did that story sound like you, Nicholas? It sounded exactly like me. <laughs> Even after you directly said, I'm happy to listen yeah. to anyone talk about their passions. <laughs> Look, I'm multifaceted. I'm full of multitudes. So fair. An unknowable entity. Precisely. Well. Now, I have a few things that could be... Wow. What the fuck are the weeks? Okay. But I have one that's kind of just a blanket... Like, it's not a blanket statement. A statement. Uh-huh. And then, no, I'm not going to do that. It's still too dark. I'll tell you what it is later. Okay. <laughs> I've had it for weeks and I'm like, oh. Tell me now and then we can cut it if it's too dark. No, it's not too dark. It's just like the conversation's going to be dull. Like we've had like three years of a global pandemic and everyone's just kind of forgotten. Like yeah. we went through collective trauma. We did. Like we went through some shit together. We as a society. We did. 
and we're all just like tweedle deedle dee <laughs> that didn't happen I think it's because we've had so like, many... Like, no one talks about it, is what I'm saying. No, it's like, no one talks about it. really taboo to now be like, remember when we were in lockdown. lockdown for a full 18 months? It's really true. It was very interesting because directly after, so about a year ago, when I went overseas for the first time since then, I went to Vanuatu. Right. That was last year. That was last year. Yeah. yeah it was about a year ago. Um, when that happened, that was like the first time people had only just started kind of traveling internationally again. And particularly... Yeah, that's true. And particularly um, Vanuatu, for example, where I went, that island had only opened up to tourists like two weeks before I went. So, um, and that was really interesting because everyone that I met there, it was almost like a common thing, like Mm. a common, like something that held us all together. And we all had our COVID story and what happened to us during the time. Mm -hmm. Whereas, yes, now it's like, we don't talk about the dark Yeah, now that... (laughs) Whether we like it or not, everything's back to quote unquote normal. normal. Yeah. Now it's like, hey, don't dampen the mood by talking about that thing that happened. Yeah, exactly. It's like, but it's not like it's a, an, an individual trauma. This literally happened to everyone. And like, it sounds dramatic, but I do think it is a collective trauma kind of thing. Like, we all went through it. And you know what else is interesting? We, as a globe, <laughs> should have all become kind of, you know, a bit more not closer i'm trying to think of the right word like understanding empathetic. yeah empathetic understanding um open yeah by literally every single person in the entire globe going through covid yeah going through a global pandemic which hasn't happened for a hundred years like this if you want my psychoanalysis of the situation i'm like shouldn't we have but we did the opposite now everything's well worse. i think i think it's because they, because it actually was so divisive right because you had half the people being like we need to get vaccinated we need to lock down we need to stay away we need to protect our yeah week totally <laughs> whereas the other half of people like this isn't even real covid isn't even doesn't even exist we can't yeah. take vaccines and i think it was just one i think it just happened at this time of such political like unrest where it just like furthered the gap between people's understanding absolutely so and you're correct but if anything was gonna pull everyone's heads out of their asses it should have been a global pandemic a collective trauma to teach everyone empathy and to uh, so that everyone would like you know do what's best for the collective do what's literally saving lives one of the other Novels, but that instead I people were like, "Nah, fuck write. them lives. I don't want to get vaccinated." I was like, "Ma'am, you're not a fucking scientist." Anyway, <laughs> one of the other novels I started to write but never finished, but might go back to eventually, was like um, set in the future, mm-hmm. kind of post post apocalyptic. Kind of, it was a sci fi one mm-hmm. where it was set in space, as sci fi books are. And how how they'd gotten to that point was like um, the Earth had died from climate change, but the reason why they all ended up in space was because they did all turn on, like everyone turned on each other. Instead of everyone coming together, they turned on each other. And then it was like the out of space agency came in and kind of saved everyone, blah, blah, blah. But I feel post COVID that that's so accurate. Yeah. I was going to say, that's not science fiction. That's nonfiction. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's like, I, I don't feel like I had the wrong take on everyone being faced with this, like yeah, world destroying event and still not being able to come together. Oh. So, yeah. 
cute, fun brush. When you were a kid, did you have problems um, kind of processing the difference between words like possible and impossible? And Did we talk about this like five weeks ago? No. <laughs> okay. We didn't. Okay. Did you not? No. Well, I don't really feel like I understand what you're saying. Like words like, what did we just say? We just said something. You just said possible and impossible. Yeah, before that we said something. Fiction and non-fiction. Oh. <laughs> Stuff like yeah. that. I mean, I, yes, specifically fiction and non-fiction, I absolutely always struggle to, like, assign the right meaning to each of them. Yeah, that's, or, yeah. Like, I knew each one or meant like, the thing. Yeah. But I didn't know which one went to which. That's fair. It was just really interesting because there's only two options and your brain still can't. Right, my right and lefts, I still can't do my right and lefts because I just, like, I always need to be like, okay, this is my left. That's insane. No, I know. It is insane. <laughs> I'm fucking 25 years old and I can't remember. It's There's two options. What the fuck? I remember when I was seven. Yeah. I wanted a SpongeBob birthday cake. Iconic. So, like, a cake a in the shape cake? of SpongeBob. Not with, like, fondant and shit. That didn't really exist back when I was seven. Yeah. Like, it wasn't, like, the normal thing to get for birthdays no. and stuff. Yeah. So it would have been, like, buttercream and stuff. So me, my mum and I went to... Me, mum. <laughs> my mum and I went to a bakery. Yeah. And we were like, hey, would this be possible for you to do? Or do we, like, have to go and do it ourselves? Like, uh, just, like, a, you know, rectangle. And mm-hmm. just kind of generally buttercream it to look like Spongebob. Yeah. Cute, fun, fresh. Um... And you, the bakery at seven lady. years old, were you aware of the difference between fondant and buttercream? Did no, you, but I'm saying it wasn't fondant and stuff wasn't <laughs> yeah, really yeah, an option. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the bakery lady, mm-hmm. bakery lady, she said, um, "Is this going to be possible or impossible?" And I, with all of my heart, soul, and fibers, said, "It is going to be so impossible." <laughs> Meaning, it's going to be easy. Yeah. But obviously not. And anyway, she laughed at me and then we left. And did you get the cake? No, we made it ourselves. Oh. Was that a formative experience for you? Well, I haven't forgotten it. <laughs> Was her laughing at you and your mistake a formative experience, do you think? Do you yes. think that that... Okay. <laughs> yes. Bakery <laughs> lady fucked me up. That's fair. I understand that. I have a similar story if you want to. That also fucked me up. I do want to hear this. <laughs> okay. When I was younger. If anyone anyone offers to tell me something that fucked them up. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to want to hear it. No, mine is like equally like, why did you internalize that? <laughs> mm. Yeah. No, it doesn't have to be reasonable. Yeah. No, it's not. Um, funnily enough, also this happened. At actually, a bakery. Vanuatu, I was going to oh. say. That, that, that's actually not that important. What, so this context. is recent? No, not recent. This is when I was a child. You went to Vanuatu as a child? Yeah, I did. Okay, With my bougie. family. It was my dad's <laughs> birthday. Slay. And I remember we were at like a hotel. And I don't even know how this all got organized. But we were, um, Mackenzie and I were going to walk down with the staff to give dad his cake. Right. Mackenzie, your brother. Yeah, Mackenzie, my brother. Sorry. And... 
they the staff were like okay we're ready let's do it and they were like you've got to sing really loud so they can hear you coming i was like okay cool and so i did and no one else did (laughs) not not only did no one else do it but the staff the candles blew out at the top of the stairs and so the staff weren't following it was just me (laughs) walking down Down the stairs singing really loudly and everyone like what the fuck anyway i burst into tears and then cried for like three days afterwards (laughs) so iconic of you to steal the thunder at your dad's birthday It's giving oh, God. in the Goblet of Fire movie when Hermione's <laughs> yeah. walking down the stairs at the Yule Ball. Literally. But <laughs> but if Hermione was deranged and like seven. Right? Yeah, you're right. Oh my God, that's so funny. But yeah, that's, yeah. That's See, my... you say screaming, so in my head I'm imagining you like <laughs> yeah. aggressively. Yeah, no, <laughs> not like singing it. That's how I remember it, but I don't know if that's right. actually true. Right. Yeah, yeah it's, that's, it's, yeah, it's stuff yeah. like that. When I was like, yeah. I must have been five. Yeah. So, like, just before grade one. Yeah. I remember going, me and my mom went to pick up my sister from school. And I was just, like, spinning around <laughs> like a little Disney princess. Yeah. Um, and then I was like, I want to give mom a hug. Bless. So I hugged her. Mm. And then I looked up and it was a strange random, random lady. lady. <laughs> and that fucked me up. That's yeah. something that's literally happened to every child ever. <laughs> yeah. And it yeah. still fucked me up and I still think about it and I can still imagine everything. <laughs> like, very, very vividly. <laughs> the other day. It's like a That's So Raven vision. <laughs> You know? So and then funny. I think about accidentally hugging a stranger. The other day we went to... And she laughed! Bless. Like, lightheartedly. Maybe that's what's something I turn, you know, I don't like it when people laugh I at me. I don't like it. I, as a kid, I fucking hated when people laughed at me. It, oh my god, it pissed me off so much. Because I was like, look, I understand that I've done something silly and wrong because I don't know what I'm doing. But like, explain it to me! Don't yeah, laugh at me! Exactly. <laughs> I don't know, that's definitely something I've internalised. I feel like absolutely plays into my need to please people. Love that for us. Yeah. Wow. I'm glad we got so deep into that. (laughs) And I feel lighter as a person. You didn't give me an answer. What's the popular lubricant in your book? Oh. Just water-based? Well, I haven't really gotten to the point where I need to work that out yet. So, I mean, water-based, got to the sea. Makes sense, right? Yeah. I'm scared of using coconut oil like people who use like coconut oil as lube and stuff really yeah because my psychologist was telling me (laughs) a story about her like (laughs) granddad or something um had like a missing tooth and it would hurt often and um he would rub coconut oil on it Mm -hmm. kind of every day it hurt to hurt because to like lube it up and to make it not hurt and stuff right and then over like six months it put a hole in his cheek the coconut oil, like, you know? No, I don't know. It's like, like that. It's, it's like aggressive enough that it like ate away at his skin and put like a hole in his cheek. That's horrifying. And I'm like, imagine that happening to your genitalia. Yeah, I would, I would be genuinely not only hesitant, I think I would outright refuse to do anything, to use anything that's not purpose made sure. <laughs> down there. So. Yeah. <laughs> coconut oil's out no you don't want your vagina smelling like lamingtons no you absolutely don't and to be honest you shouldn't because it would mess with your ph balance like even like douching and stuff is not actually recommended because in the vagina yeah yeah sorry specifically (laughs) (laughs) there's like a big thing on the real housewives of um atlanta Mm -hmm. in one of the early seasons they have a conversation about using like uh icing sugar or like maple syrup 
when a guy is eating them out. Interesting. So would that be bad for you? Technically, like if it if it stays down there long enough and oh. like yeah. But again, it depends because I think you can buy purpose made flavored lubes and stuff. Yeah, well not just flavored lubes, but you can buy like specifically like chocolate and stuff that's for sex purposes, can't you? To be melted on you. I don't know, is that not true? Yeah, but that's not in you. No, I understand, but like Do you understand? Well, but I just mean I feel like that would probably be like safer to use down there than like <sighs> just okay. straight maple syrup from the cupboard. Phaedra Park says that if you put icing sugar on your kuchiku, mm. it like mixes with your natural juices and is really sweet. Yeah, I'm sure it would be very sweet, but I personally would be not doing that. <laughs> I think it's just such a delicate balance. So why would you put... I mean, look, TMI, but I've gotten imbalanced pH just from using condoms. So like... You know. Um, okay, bareback queen. I'm just saying, like, you know, <laughs> that's purpose made and it can still fuck with you, so. Literally. Yeah. It quite. can fuck with you. you. You're right. Wow. Yeah. The pun was unintentional, but still there. Slay. <laughs> um, I feel like we need to talk about the elephant in the room this week is that we, sometime in 2015, 2016, Mm. someone killed a butterfly and it started a butterfly effect that put us in the darkest timeline. <laughs> yes. I would personally say that was about 2015 because 2016 was a very dark year. It was. Because um, that's when we met. Of course. <laughs> uh, oh my God, was it us? <laughs> <What>? <laughs> us meeting is what? You know what? That's why like, the universe punishes us. So much. <laughs> um, uh, the darkest timeline, of yeah. course, all led to this week in which... <laughs> Many things happened at once. Yeah, a lot of Everything random ever things happened all, all at, at once. once. Number one, the submarine, Ocean Gate. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't really have much to say on it. No, I don't think I don't think it's really necessarily something that a public opinion should be made on. Uh, well, I think we could need to tell billionaires to have some tact, like some um, forethought. Definitely. They should have a higher self-preservation instinct, for sure. Mm. Actually, no, I shouldn't say that publicly. (laughs) (laughs) The only other thing I have to say is that it's tragic and all that stuff. But the fact that it came pre-titled as Ocean Gate. Uh, Yeah. To go along with every other gate scandal in history. It's so true. They were just asking for it. I shouldn't say that either. It's... Not you being in your straight man era. I know, literally. <laughs> I was, I was, I was halfway him. through that. I was like, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> so we started... Well, actually, that took up like four days of the week was it Ocean did. That kind of dominated the culture. Well, and then we were immediately thrust into... Not thrust. Thrust into a whole new... Which one? Russia. A whole Russia. new thing, which made us forget Submarine Gate immediately. Yeah, so there was almost a coup in Russia... There was. The group, the private military, neo-Nazi, mm. like, mm. Uh, are they worse than Putin? Who knows? Mm. Full-on Russian. <laughs> they were Russian into Russia. They were going to try and overthrow the the, 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 the nation. Um, yeah. That immediately stopped after, like, 24 hours. So that it went did. nowhere. 
Yeah, it did. It was a bit of a but weird like weird time. plot twist, like weird. No, it was weird diversion. It was weird. It absolutely was like. And the weirdest part is that it just ended because they like hugged it out or whatever. Honestly, I totally think that. I mean, I feel like probably the first thing of the Wagner group being like, we're going to try and overtake Putin. I think that's probably true. Mm. But I think everything that happens subsequently is probably so... I reckon there'll just be so much propaganda around it that we just don't actually know yeah. what happened. And I'm, I, I would probably say that we won't ever know what actually happened sure. in that situation. So. I mean, I think we will find out because in what world do we live in that someone does something like that to Putin and he doesn't. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I mean, yes, I do. I, I understand, but I, I, I also don't think it will be like a publicly announced situation. Sure. You know, like I think, I think it'll be one of those things where it's like, oh, this information will be declassified in 50 years kind of stuff, you know? I do know. So. Anyway, more ra- random shit that happened this week is Zuckerberg and Elon Musk decided they were going to cage fight. Yeah. Perfect. Because, you want to know why? Because Zuckerberg posted a thirst trap. That's so fucking funny. He posted a photo of himself at the gym with like straining arms or whatever, like Horrifying. trying to look hot, which is impossible because his face doesn't move because it's what? A mask concealing a lizard. <laughs> What? It's not a conspiracy. It's the truth. Um, <laughs> this is a fact. It's a fact. Um, and then, I don't know, someone on Twitter said something, and Elon, having no life, being on there 24-7, looking at fucking mm. everything, was like, uh, um, I could beat him in a fight. And then it spiraled, and suddenly Andrew Tate is offering to train Elon Musk. Isn't he been arrested? He's fully been charged. And he's still not in jail? Or he just still oh, has no. access to his phone? Oh, he, well, they were already, him and his brother were already on house arrest. So they can't leave. Uh, right. So they still have access to their phones and computers and right, all that I see. shit. But, um, yeah. <laughs> Horrifying. I don't really have much to say about this, except that I hope no one watches. I kind of want to watch, because I want to see them. No, I mean, like, the actual paid event. Oh, fair. Like, That's the fair. pay-per-view wrestling match, whatever It'll, it is. Oh, uh, yeah, no, no. I'll I just, hope, no one, I'll watch I hope everyone just watches the on clips TikTok. on Twitter. Yeah. Because... Nothing would make me happier than them comparing dicks in this way. And then... And then just getting nothing from it. I would agree with that. You know? What do you think would happen? Like, once someone wins that fight... Nothing. Like, what happens to their relationship? (laughs) Because I feel like those two men must be extremely ego-based. I mean, I don't know if they're friends now. Yeah, I genuinely think what will happen if one loses... Over the other. When one loses. When one loses. Is that they'll retaliate by implementing some... Sexy. Really, like, fucked up guidelines on their social media or, you know, no homosexuals allowed, all trans people should die. I think Elon would go on a rampage to, like, distract. Oh. I thought you were going to say something like to ban the other person from being on their social media. And I was like, yeah, that's funny. And I don't think their relationship real is world good. consequences. Elon Musk That's tried sad. to block any links to Facebook or any other social media site when he first got the platform. That's so, so fucking funny. I don't know. I think if Elon loses, he'll his ego will be so bruised that he will cause some real life damage by influencing <sighs> his little minions. 
Oh, I wish I hadn't asked now. <laughs> I don't want real world consequences. I want little itty bitty reality TV consequences. <laughs> that's really fair. Yeah. Um, some other things that happen that's kind of wild is Paramount Studios. Yeah. It's come out this week that if they don't sell the entire thing and all their IP, they're going to go under. What? And it's like Paramount is genuinely one of the first major Hollywood studios and like has been an institution for a hundred years. And now because of streaming services and stuff, it's kaput. What the fuck? So they got to do a, a 20th century Fox basically. Mm-hmm. Is that the, wow. Yeah. And it's, wow. Um... Holy shit. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Have there, has there been any rumors about who's going to buy them? I Allegedly know. Netflix. Really? Mm. For the IP. Yeah, Netflix if they have the money. <laughs> and imagine having to watch Transformers movies on Netflix instead of going to the movies. I feel like at the cinema... Oh, you mean new ones? Yeah. Yeah. Like, I feel like... I'm, well, I'm just using Transformers as an example. Yeah, it's, it's a pretty famous example, I'm talking yeah. like an action movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Never allowed to see an action movie in cinemas again because of Netflix. That know? would be pretty wild. Uh, mm. Down with Netflix. <laughs> Down with net. Wow, I'm like a little shocked. I'm gooped and gagged. Warner Brothers is selling like half of their um, half the rights to half of their music library. Oh, oh. Mm. their music library. I didn't know they had a music library. Yeah, because Warner Music is a major label. Warner Music is a major label plus uh. Like it's called like Warner Water Tower or something that owns the rights to all of the soundtracks from the past hundred years. All this stuff. Wild. Um, the Directors Guild of America, they betrayed all of the writers and actors and signed a deal with all the studios to not strike. Oh, really? Yeah, like, it's a mess, mama. Well. So Hollywood's a mess. Um, the wow. music industry's a mess because at a concert just this week, BB Rexa was performing a concert. Oh my god, I saw this! And at the end of her show, a fan in the middle of a number threw his phone yeah. at her. Yes. And hit her in the face. Yes. And she had to get stitches. She had to get stitches. If it had been like two centimeters uh, yeah. kind of lower, she could have lost an eye. Yeah. And did you see afterwards he was like, I did it on purpose. I thought it would be funny. It's like, And then he what? was arrested and charged. And the reason he did it is because he thought it would be funny. And he looks like in, like the photo of him out on social media, he actually looks like a sociopath. Yeah. Well, that doesn't surprise me. Like a clout chasing sociopath? I don't fucking know. But that man scares me. Yeah. Uh, between that, someone threw um, flowers really aggressively at another artist and, like, nearly tripped them, and, like... I mean, uh, uh, here in Queensland, um, bottles are banned at all concerts because someone threw a bottle at uh, Harry Styles back in... Oh, I remember that. Yeah, back in, like... Yeah. When was the um, debut? Uh, 2017? Wasn't it before that? I thought it was in the One Direction days. Oh, maybe. I don't know. But, like... Can people not ruin everything for us? I know, I know. People are actually so selfish sometimes. They have absolutely no thought process for the greater good. And they're just like, oh my God, I would enjoy doing this in the moment. And then their brain stops there. Yeah, but it's like literally...
performer should feel safe. And also, yeah. more importantly, you're going to get rid of concerts altogether. We're it's still so not true. Concerts. It's so true. If performers aren't safe, then they're not going to do concerts and they're not going to get to see anyone. It's going to be because of people like the fuckwed, fuckwed, fuckwad who threw a phone at BB Raxa. Yeah. Um, crazy. It is crazy. It is crazy. And then the other thing in the music industry is there's a reason I'm wearing the Rina Sawayama shirt. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's because Glastonbury is happening happening in the UK mm. at the moment, which is their biggest music festival. Mm. Um, and just before she performed her song, Shut the Fuck Up, STFU, mm. she um, made a statement about Ma- Maddie Healy. Iconic. Did you see this? No. The only thing I've heard about Glastonbury is about Lord getting on there late. That was Lana. About Lana getting on late. Do not <laughs> take thy Lord's name in vain. Sorry. It was Lana Del Rey who was late to the stage and having. Sorry. She got escorted out of the venue. Did she? By security because she was late and hit the curfew of midnight and didn't get to perform the last fifteen minutes of her show. That's that's the only thing that I heard was about that. Lord, Lord Sorry. would never. Wouldn't she? No. She's respectful, and I'm about to get fucking <laughs> watch it, bitch. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, anyway, Rina Sawayama, before she performed her song "Shut mm-hmm. the Fuck Up," STFU at Glastonbury said, "I wrote this because I was sick and tired of these microaggressions." This goes out to a white man that watches Ghetto Gaggers and mocks Asian people on a podcast. Iconic. He also owns my masters. I've Oof. had enough. Now, this is obviously Matt Healy, because he was on a podcast joking and laughing about uh, being into racist porn mm. and making fun of Asian people and m- making fun of specifically Ice Spice um, mm. in a very racial way. Uh, and he also owns, I think, like a majority share or something. Him and his band own like a majority share of, um, I think it's Dirty Hit is the label. Ah. And they own... Heck. Yeah. Wild. So that's all in the music industry. Um, another thing that happened in the music industry this week is... What 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 publication was it? <sighs> well, something that happened here in Australia, well, I guess worldwide, was Taylor Swift announced her Eras Tour, mm-hmm. international dates for the Eras Tour. Yeah. Uh, Taylor, this goes out to you directly. If you're not Taylor, stop listening. (laughs) (laughs) Having shows in two states, in two cities that are very close to each other-ish, and expecting all of Australia and all of New Zealand, so two entire countries to travel and spend thousands, to try and get into five shows overall. Yeah. Yeah. Is insane. It absolutely is unhinged. Um, for context, for those of you who don't know geography, Australia is as big as the United States. We don't have anywhere near as many people, but mm-hmm. like geographically, it is as big. So asking anybody who doesn't live in Sydney and Melbourne to travel thousands of kilometers to see. I mean, I, I, I she's probably like, I don't really care who comes because it's going to be sold out anyway. It's going to be sold out whether, whether that's from people who live in Sydney, so, sides, Sydney yeah. siders or yeah, or whether it's people from the rest of Australia and New Zealand. I'm sure it means very little to her. But for the rest of us, we are pissed off. It fucking sucks. <laughs> Tickets alone, a minimum um, uh, blah, 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 blah. for a good seat, 
are between $300 and $400. Yes. I don't think that's crazy. What's crazy is having to travel yeah. for that. Uh-huh. It's, it's wild. I don't know. I just... Obviously, artists don't owe anyone anything. Yeah. But I feel like it's a little disrespectful to the fan bases to, like, say, hey, I've got this major, major, biggest tour of my life, stadium tour of my life. Yeah. And dangle it in their faces and then only go to... It's... If you're in America, it's Whoa. like her performing only in... LA and New York. <laughs> no, no, no. Not even. Because they're on opposite sides of the country. Yeah, that's true. That's so true. It's like her only performing in... Chicago and New York. <laughs> not even that. Mm. I was going to say, like, DC and New York, or... That's true. That's fair. Miami and Florida or something. Yeah. Miami is Florida. It you is. know what I meant. I do know what you meant. Yeah. I don't know if I did know what I meant. Anyway, <laughs> it's dumb and stupid. And Oh, it uh, is. I don't want to have to drive 10 hours. Or, f- yeah, fly or whatever. Or fly. And by the way, Brisbane is actually, like, it's not close to Sydney at all, where where I think it's 1,000 kilometers away. Maybe less. Maybe 800. No, it's 1,000. Um, but, like, that's nothing compared to, like, Perth and Darwin. Yeah. <laughs> so I feel very, very bad for them. Yeah. Yeah. Even Adelaide. Actually, Adelaide's probably pretty close to Melbourne compared to us to Sydney. Wouldn't you do, like, a triangular, like, northeast, Sydney or Melbourne, probably Melbourne, and, like, Western Australia? I think probably the thing is, is that, like, the MCG, for example, that holds 100,000 people in the grandstands and will hold more people because of all the floor tickets, right? Um... And the same, I don't know the Accor Stadium, but, like, that's significantly more. Our biggest stadium here, Brisbane, at Suncorp, I don't think, I think it only holds 80,000 people. So it's, like, significantly less capacity. Again, I, I don't know the the details of, like, Darwin and Perth stadiums, but I would imagine they're even smaller than Brisbane's. Cool. So that's probably what it is. I don't know. I just feel like if she needed to cut an hour off her three-plus-hour set... Yeah. To be able to perform in, you know, and not get worn out performing more than those two states. Or if she needed to, uh, you know, get rid of some of the set, not have a giant house on stage. Yeah. Well, see, I think for me the thing is, is I go, okay, five shows is not actually unreasonable, in my no. opinion. Um, like, that's, I think that's pretty common. Five to seven shows is how many people do in Australia. But they spread it out, mm. like, geographically. So, you know, Perth, Brisbane, whatever. Maybe they'll go to Darwin or whatever. They definitely usually go to at least one show in New Zealand. Um, and so it's like, you're doing you're doing still a reasonable amount of shows, but that's, that's, a, long, mm. that's a long way for people to go. You yeah, know? I think it's the audacity that gets me, because... yeah. She's literally not going to New Zealand at all. I know. Which is an entire country. Yeah. Which means she is expecting her hardcore fans from New Zealand to fly to Sydney or Melbourne. Well, to be honest, she's actually, I mean, it's not even just us, because obviously we're very focused on this because we're here in Australia. But sure. if you look at, like, the the wider tour. It's odd. It is. There is not that many countries on it. Like, she's got, like, seven shows in London, for example. Mm. And then there's only, like, there's only a handful of countries she's going to in Europe. Like... I think, I I think probably why we're all just so confused and like 
confronted about this is because she's done 50-something shows in the US and then it's like 50 shows for literally the whole entire rest of the world. Yeah. It's a bit like the math ain't adding up. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. It's weird. No, you're right. And it's weird, it's weird that she would do like a Glendale concert and an LA concert. And like, yeah. I don't know, it's, they're literally like the same. That's like yeah. Doing- Whatever. I don't know. It's dumb. And I and I do also understand that the demand was so high in the US that people so many people still didn't get tickets to go. So I understand that like people over there are also disappointed about not being able to go. I think it's 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 kind of a bit like you kind of had equal opportunity to get tickets though, outside of how expensive the pricing was. Mm. But it's like here, everywhere else in the world, it's a bit like how it's like it's not even a fair fight at this point, you know. Yeah. So apparently, yeah, our know. pricing is like our base pricing is like not far off what the US price is inflated to. Interesting. For the I most don't know part. if that's true because, oh, I mean, I don't really know. Actually, I do have another bone to pick with Taylor. Sorry to interrupt. Okay, yeah. It's that her packages, her like They're wild midnight whatever madness package whatever. It's like. An A reserve ticket, which is $389 or something. Yeah. But this package ticket costs, like, almost one and a half grand. Yeah. And, like, nothing extra comes with it. <laughs> and it's just the A-, A reserve ticket, which you can buy by itself mm. for $389. Four postcards, a poster, uh, and a special lanyard. Not even signed, right? Not signed. <sighs> no meet and greet, no early access. And f- f- people are like, well... You know, it's expensive, so obviously it's for the first few rows. It is. That's what they're, they're, they're allocated for. But but it didn't say that. No, it doesn't say that. It's I like, th- why would you... I it, I mean, it's definitely a bit wild. Pay to gamble. If it doesn't say it on the terms and conditions on the page that you're buying it from, then I would just not assume the best of them. I thought that that was... I thought that on the map it was allocated, like, the, the first couple of rows are only for VIP packages. I oh, thought, it might but... be, but all the information before they went live... Yeah, that's fair. ...was just an A-reserve ticket. That doesn't that's necessarily fair. mean a front-row ticket, and I... You've got to kind of assume the worst of people. That's... It is an obscene amount of money for... I don't know, it's like $800 for four postcards, a poster, yeah. and a lanyard. yeah. Well, I mean, I almost feel like it's, it's, I personally go, it's $100 for some vague merch and then it's $1,400 for a front row ticket, which even if like... Potentially. Potentially. I think it's like the first three or four rows is apparently what's allocated. But it's like, I oh, well, I could have gotten the fifth row for $400, <laughs> you know? Okay. It's a bit crazy. It's a bit crazy. I don't know. I know. It's wild. It is. Um, anyway, thing. Anyway, the other thing that I wanted to talk about just quickly was um, to do with Taylor as well. Not Taylor specifically, but Taylor's fans, the Swifties. Right. A journalist and pop culture reviewer for Insider. His name is Chris Panella. Mm-hmm. Um, in the same week, did reviews of the Eras tour and Beyonce's Renaissance tour. Interesting. And because he did them both in one week, he generally compared them and said that they're both fucking incredible if i had to pick one over the other i would probably say renaissance was a little bit better because the community and the visuals were a little interesting a little better a little more enjoyable interesting but the errors too was still perfect and unforgettable and insane um 
and the Swifties went crazy. <laughs> I'm not surprised. Full, no, like literally. His him and his family were doxxed. Oh my god! Like Swifties leaked his address. Oh wow! His workplace, all his family's workplaces. The workplaces Jesus. were getting calls saying fire this person. They're about you know all this stuff. Oh my god! For giving a glowing review. Whack. That's just slightly bad. And then not even that. The um. They 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 were using gay slurs. What the fuck? Uh, and sending death threats and stuff. On, like, a major, major scale. Uh, and I'll link the article below because it's really interesting. But, um, genuinely wild. And it, 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 it got people, it got people online kind of talking about the fact that, um, a lot of stands and a lot of, like, uh, hardcore fandoms are significantly populated by, like, trolls bad people mm. and like republican-y conservatives yeah because the second that they can start calling a gay man a yeah. faggot or whatever to defend their their idol yeah they take it and they mm. jump on it and it's fascinating um i don't know i just think that if you're a fan of someone and you idolize them to the point that you would dox someone or even yeah. you just send kill yourself messages. Yeah. You need to rethink your life and you need to rethink your behavior and yourself and your online activity. I, like, yeah, it's just wild. The Swifties, the Barbs, the K-pop stands. It's just unhinged. I don't know. It's, you no, know, it is unhinged. I feel like, like, a full dissertation needs to be done on Genuinely. the obsessive nature of fan culture and how far people go to defend people they don't even know or fictional characters or whatever. Mm. It's kind of a bit like, I don't know, man. It's, 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 I, I, I like, I wonder where it comes from. Like what, how did that start? How is it? Well, like I think a it's thing because that... of the generation of kids that didn't, not, I mean, not just the younger generations. It's obviously more complicated with the older ones. But yeah. um, our generation never kind of learned or experienced that online actions can have actual consequences. And yeah, telling someone in their DMs to kill themselves is no different than saying it to their face. Yeah, yes. Does that make sense? Yeah, like, yeah. They, they think that there's no weight... Yeah. For the things that they're saying because they're typing it or Yeah, whatever. yeah, because it's not face-to-face. Um, and I think that's honestly, it's dehumanizing everything. It is. Yeah. Once you start to, like, dehumanize and de-whatever, you know. Yeah. It's too easy for them to kind of, especially if they've got something. Especially if they're fighting for someone in their heads. Yeah. The Crazy. idol, their artist that they love, whatever, you know, does that make sense? Crazy. And I just think, I'm a big fan of Taylor's music, mm. but I don't think I want to be called a Swifty because there's so many crazy, toxic people in the fandom. Does that make sense? Yeah. No, for I mean, sure. And like Taylor literally like two nights ago performed Dear John and had to make a statement before she sang it and was like, look, I'm putting out this album because I want to own it, not so that you can all go online and... uh." 
yeah. attack a man about something that might or might not have happened 14 years ago yeah. when I was young and 19 and I do not care about anymore. So do not go and hate anyone that you yeah. might think maybe it possibly could be about. Yeah, interesting. And then, of course, online it was all, the conversation was, she said not to, but we're gonna, right? Oh my god. I was like, mm-mm. That's so interesting that she even said that. Um, well, I think because Jake Gyllenhaal got quite a lot of... I was going to say, do you think that's because of what happened when Red was re-released? Yeah. Interesting. Oh, and also, of course, the Joe Alwyn breaking up. Alwyn breaking up. Yeah. You know, hate that he would have gotten and all that. So true. Oh my God, people... like at the, In the first two or three weeks, people were like, okay, we need to respect their privacy, whatever. And then the longer it's gone on, like the more people have turned on him. And it's like, do we all not remember collectively being like... This is none of our business. <laughs> I mean, we literally, don't know what's going on. I see her stands and stuff on Twitter being like, um, I saw that they, someone posted, I think it was one of the like pop culture accounts tweeted like a photo of him with a fan or something saying he was out and about recently. And the comments were like, um, delete this, don't you know he's like an abuser, uh, stuff like this. And oh it's like, God. this is completely unsta- unsubstantiated claims that yeah. are genuinely serious and like you're basing off of assumptions and well literal assumptions because no one ever has said and of the only information we have about the breakup like i'm going to take this specific situation is from inside sources yeah, it's hearsay it's his hearsay it's like you don't not only has there never even been a single reference to any kind of abuse but we do not know we do we have rumors mm. about potentially what may or may not have happened yeah like we don't even ugh, wild wild Anyway, most importantly, how do you say that word? Larynx. I think. Larynx. Yeah, Yeah. that's what I say. Yeah. Yes. Sorry, my brain can't handle the word. The word (laughs) larynx, right? Okay. I heard in a press interview... Uh. Jennifer Lawrence talking about the scene of No Hard Feelings when she yeah. gets punched in the neck. She was talking about that scene. Um, and she called it the, called it the larynx. Oh, interesting. And I was like, that doesn't sound right. Americans pronounce But she said it so confidently. Really but then I Googled it. Yeah. And that is, it's pronounced larynx. Larynx. Is it pronounced larynx in the US though? I think it's meant to be everywhere. Well, see, that's what they say. But then the US people say things like niche when it's when the rest of the world pronounces it niche or they say conch when it's a conch shell, you know? So it's like, why, you know, I think they just say weird things sometimes. They also say... Those two specific examples live rent-free in my head. That's why I had them off the top of my head like that. <laughs> uh, the only one that annoys me is um, aluminium. Mm. They call it aluminum and it's mm. like, man, you're skipping half the word. Yeah, it's true. Says an Australian. Or um, the second half of caramel. When they caramel. say caramel, it's like yeah. you've missed a letter. <laughs> Are you list actually, in fact, a whole. Um, fuck, what's it called? Syllable? Syllable, yeah. Although I think in America, there's like caramel is different to caramel. Yeah. That makes in a sense. weird fucking way. Like yeah. one's like the candy and one's like the sauce. Yeah. Idiots. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, yeah, it turns out we've probably been saying larynx wrong. I don't know. Larynx. Well, it's spelled. It's. I mean, it's spelled larynx. Interesting. I'll ponder it further. No, you won't. You're gonna forget about it in ten seconds. It's true. I am. I've already forgotten how we were pronouncing it. Larynx. Larynx. Mm. Larynx. Yeah. 
Interesting. Slay. Slay. Okay. okay. Cool. <laughs> I think that's most of the pop culture of the day. Yeah. Um, I mean, we I've were going to talk about the movie, but... I've been watching um, True Blood. Okay. Because I watched this video about... Um, oh my God, I didn't watch that. I should watch that. What? The video. What video? The vampire video. Yeah, that's the video I'm talking about. I know. Is I sent Maddie a video. It's a video I watched. Um, it's a video essay. I'll link it below. About why so many um, vampires in books and movies are like the vampire boyfriends, like Confederate soldiers and stuff. Yeah, it's like why would you make them? That? Anyway, horrifying. I started watching True Blood. Mm-hmm. Season one starts rough, but then it's good by the end. Season two of True Blood is one of the best seasons of television I've ever seen oh in my, my life. It's like the one hundred. <laughs> Literally, season two of the hundred is one of the best seasons of a show I've seen in my life. True Blood season two mm. is so fucking good and so wild and it's just really, really fucking good. <laughs> and from what I've seen of season three, it's also very good. But season two specifically it just hits every little niche, <laughs> every little niche, every little, every little spot and every single character gets their little, uh, their moment, their moment. It, and literally like, it's set in a small town called mm-hmm. Bontemp. Um, and there's like a whole big supporting characters yeah. kind of list. And literally every single one of them gets a moment. It's Love that. Fantastic. Also like culty vibes, which you know mm. I adore. Yeah. There. Witchy. Love that. Vampire. They're vampires, aren't they? Yeah. Well, some of them. Is this what is this one that has is it, is it was it related to Vampire Diaries, or no. no? This is this whole own thing. This is HBO. Okay. Oh. Yeah. There's a lot of sex. HBO does make good TV. How many seasons are there? Uh, five. Well, it's not that many. I thought you were gonna say fifteen then. No. Okay. Like five or six, I think. Um. But genuinely, see, it's yeah. Season two is insanely good, and like. Okay. All right. I'll add it. Blew to my this. mind. All right. And like so masterfully kind of told yeah as a season long arc mm. it's not really a spoiler but like the main one of the main leads um or a couple of them actually go like out of state to investigate something yeah and while they're gone some major culty shit happens in their hometown and things kind of devolve into chaos right and then they return and it's like mm. so like there's all this shit happening at the same time but yeah. like it's so it's all intriguing. It's middle mid series mid seasons of Game of Thrones where every single side plot is yeah wild, both vital and also yeah entertaining and engaging yeah. and all that stuff. Okay, also kind of sexy. Love that. Love that. Okay, interesting. I'm gonna add it to the list of things to watch. Yeah. It's okay. Well. All right. Shall we wrap up? We shall Probably wrap up. Should it's a bit late. The elephant in the room this week is that I don't know how long this episode is. I feel like we started five hours ago. Well, the screen turned off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so potentially this is a long episode. Potentially I've cut it down. But the elephant in the room is that it's a surprise to all of us. Well, I love that. <sighs> Maddie, where can people follow you? <sighs> Your links are down below now. Love that. Oh my god, how cute. Um at real underscore Maddie M A D D I E underscore M, just the letter M. Hmm. On TikTok and Instagram. 
slay. Yes. If you want to follow the pod, you can at WTFIH Podcast on Instagram and TikTok and YouTube. I'm yeah. really behind in the YouTube videos. I'm just not going to upload. We did like, earlier this year, we did like a bunch of ones that kind of got split up into multiple recordings or multiple um, blocks of yeah. recording. So it was just like the effort to video edit was fair too big um and i just got overwhelmed and didn't know what it so i'll probably starting with last week's episode be uploading video versions again love that but otherwise it good to be back and talking Boom. i'm gonna have a sore throat wow i'm talking so much some water. but by the way no hard feelings i really really enjoyed it oh yeah it was very good it was very good yes it it's was a surprisingly sweet like raunchy sex comedy yeah it was just like mama used to make Mm-hmm. You know? And I felt like they kind of, like, really – I was really worried about, like, the consent of it all, particularly because of the age difference and stuff. But I felt like they kind of, like, got close to the boundary but then always pulled back before yeah. it went too far. So, yeah. yeah, it was fine. Yeah. It was – in case yeah, that's yeah. something that you're worried about, it's fine. <laughs> yeah. And also Jennifer Lawrence was really hot. So true. She did a great job. Her tits looked amazing. Yeah. Not to be a straight man, but – Also the absolute – iconicness of her to not have any nudity in any of the, like the kind so of sexier scenes the only time she does like full nudity in the movie yeah. is for comedic purpose it was so fucking <laughs> it's funny. so iconic it like it's the so for the context it's the skinny dipping scene that's in the trailer yes and like they literally go in the water she walks in the water you don't even see so much as a bum yeah and then there's something that happens where she gets out naked and it's for comedic effect and it's very funny. It was very, very funny. There are some genuinely... <laughs> there were some genuinely very funny. Very, very, like, yeah. uh, laugh out loud, loud, loud <laughs> yeah. moments in this, which is... Yeah. I hope it does well so that it... That and Joyride, which is coming out... That did look I need more comedies unhinged. in my life, please. Yeah. You still haven't seen Spy, have you? No. Melissa McCarthy, Spy, Rose Van. Jude Law? No, I don't think Jason so. Jason Statham? No. Maybe. I think it's one of the best comedy movies of all time. <laughs> okay. And you would adore it. Well, maybe I'll watch it tonight. You should, but not with parents, because there is a dick pic. It's obviously a fake penis, but like there's a dick pic. Okay. At one point. All right. That's good to know. I'll watch it in bed. That's just a not general knowledge everyone should have. There's a dick pic in Spy. <laughs> okay, all right. Goodbye. Okay, Thanks very much for listening to What the Fuck is Happening, the, the podcast. <laughs> Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.